Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're going to wrap up our discussion about the Gnostic Gospels today by looking at three more. The first one is a fairly well-known one. It's the Gospel of Peter. And the Gospel of Peter is basically a Gnostic retelling, a legendary account of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but with some very, very key differences from what we see in in the New Testament Gospels. I'm going to read you a section about when Jesus comes out of the tomb here from the Gospel of Peter. It says, Then those soldiers seeing it woke up the centurion and the elders because they were there too, keeping guard. And while they were explaining to them what they saw, again, they saw three men coming out of the tomb with the two supporting the one and a cross following them. This is a cross coming out of the tomb all by itself. I didn't know they buried a cross in there with Jesus, but apparently it was in there. And the heads of the two, the angels, reached as far as heaven. So these guys came out of the tomb, and I don't know if they immediately became giants, if their whole bodies got big, or if just their heads got big, or what. But in any case, it would have been crazy to see. But that one being led by them, his head, reached beyond the heavens. So Jesus' head is so big that uh, his head is even above the heavens, whatever that means. And they heard a voice from the heavens saying, Have you proclaimed to those who sleep? And a response was heard, get this, from the cross, yes. So we have a talking, floating cross coming out of the tomb behind two angels and Jesus who have magic grow powers and can stand up into the heavens as soon as they as soon as they get out into the open air. That's a very famous passage from the Gospel of Peter. Obviously this is what you can see is is legendary development that comes when an account is written well after the fact of the eyewitnesses being able to to confirm or corroborate what's being written. Next, we're going to look at two so-called infancy gospels. The first is the infancy gospel of James. Now, this, by way of summary, is actually an account of Mary's immaculate conception, not Jesus. So according to the infancy gospel of James, Mary's parents, Mary's mother, who is named Anna, in this uh, book, conceived Mary by the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to describe how Mary is a very precocious little child who at unbelievably young ages is speaking like a philosopher and religious leader and just sort of wowing everyone that she runs into. Her parents give her up to be raised in the temple by the religious leaders And when she begins to hit 12 years old around the age of puberty because they can't have ritual uncleanness in the temple grounds 
because of Levitical law. They draw lots, and Mary is betrothed to Joseph, except Joseph is an old man who's a widower who's been married and has grown sons. And he's been he's being given a 12-year-old little girl to marry. So Joseph takes her as his betrothed, and they go off and live. He goes away to build houses. He's a carpenter by trade. And during the time while he's away, Mary is uh, becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, upon returning, comes back. And before Jesus is born, Joseph is walking into the cave where Jesus is being delivered and basically gets trapped in the matrix. <laughs> what I mean is there's this whole section that describes Joseph walking and time basically freezes around him. It describes how birds are sort of frozen in the air mid-flight, and then it's over. And the most interesting part, if that wasn't the most interesting part, there's something even more unbelievable, is that after Mary delivers Jesus, her midwife, for some reason, feels the need to inspect Mary and finds upon that inspection that after delivering Jesus, Mary is still a virgin. Now, any one of you who have any sort of anatomical background in uh, the human body would know just how much of a miracle that something like that would actually be. And yet that's what we read in the infancy gospel of James. Mary is still a virgin after birthing Jesus. One more, the infancy gospel of Thomas. This one might be my favorite because of how outlandish and ridiculous it is and how different it is from the Jesus that we know from the historical gospels. Now, I'm going to maybe date myself a little bit, but I grew up watching the original Twilight Zone with Rod Serling. And if you've ever seen that, there's an episode, a pretty famous one, with the then child star Billy Moomy from the Lost in, the original Lost in Space. And in the infancy gospel of Thomas, Jesus is basically Billy Moomy from that Twilight Zone episode. If you don't know or haven't seen it, just watch it. But basically, Billy Moomy is this kid with superpowers who is just running rampant. He's terrorizing the town and everyone who lives with him because he has the power to make people disappear if they if they tick him off. And so the whole town, including his family and parents, no one wants to cross this kid because if they even do something that he might not like, he just he just poof makes him disappear. That's exactly like what we see about Jesus in this uh, infancy gospel of Thomas. I'm going to read you some very short chapters. These chapters are only a couple verses each, but you'll see that this is who Jesus is in this in this book, and it's just outrageous. Uh, this is chapter three of the infancy gospel of Thomas. And the son of Annas, the high priest, said to him, Jesus, why are you doing such a thing on the Sabbath? And having taken a willow twig, he destroyed the pools and drained the water which Jesus had gathered, and he dried up their gatherings. But having seen what had happened, Jesus said to him, Your fruit will have no root, and your shoot will be withered like a scorched branch in a violent wind. And immediately that child, uh, the, the, the son of the high priest, withered away. He like dried up like, like a raisin, and he died. From there, this is chapter 4, he was going with his father Joseph, and someone struck his shoulder while they were running. And Jesus said to him, Cursed be you because of your leader. And immediately he died. And then chapter 5, 
And Joseph said to Jesus, Why do you say such things, and they suffer and hate us? And the child said to Joseph, Since you know wise words, you're not ignorant of where they came from, and they won't be raised, and these will receive their punishment. And immediately those accusing him became blind. So Jesus is basically getting bumped into or insulted, and in response, he's making people wither up and die or just fall down dead. And again, this is just not, this is not the Jesus that we see in the gospels, not by a long stretch. So it's an attempt to, to show or, or speculate about Jesus's childhood years. But the Jesus we see here is just, frankly, he's a terror. He, he's just evil and very selfish and self-centered and just is just killing people left and right so much that they're like, please leave because we don't want to die. And so uh, this is the the last of these Gnostic Gospels that we're going to look at. I hope by now you as a Christian are very encouraged that there is nothing in these that you need to be afraid of or concerned about. They are wackadoo, garbly gook. And theologically, they have no consistency whatsoever with what we read about in the New Testament. The New Testament is what it is for a reason, and these books are not in the New Testament for a reason. So I hope that this helps and helps you think a little more clearly and have something to say maybe when someone you know brings up these Gnostic Gospels in a conversation. 